episode 112 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Guys, I'm going to level with you. I am absolutely exhausted this week. Um, For those that follow me on my social media platforms, you guys will know that I was on the move this past week. Um, Had the good fortune of having a little bit of vacation time and going out to San Francisco and California at large. Uh, First timer for me. Uh, Never been to California before, believe it or not. Certainly not to San Francisco. So I'm exhausted. I literally just got back earlier today, basically, from the trip. So I'm a little bit jet-lagged at the moment. Uh, So forgive me for that. But just as excited to talk some Knicks. Just as excited to talk some NBA with you guys, as always. I hope you guys are doing well. Obviously, hope you guys uh, are... Spending some good summer time with the family and friends. Obviously, hopefully you're doing it safely, uh, vaccinated, hopefully as well. Um, If you're not, please get it. We need you to keep fighting the good fight out there as well. Um, Obviously, you don't have to agree with me, but I do. I really hope you guys are vaccinated and doing everything you can. It makes things uh, as, as difficult as they already are a little bit easier if you are. So, Again, hope you guys, regardless, are enjoying the week. Hope you're having some fun with family and friends and doing it safely. Let's talk some Knicks. We'll talk some NBA a little bit later on. It is a little bit of a slower week. I will admit that. Not a ton of big stories this week. And and to be fair, right? I mean, this is pretty normal for this time of the year. Again, just kind of coming off the heels of another crazy free agency period with trades and, and things of that nature. Again, things... Could still happen. Things are still up in the air. But obviously, if you mentioned last week, Kawhi, uh, basically as we recorded the last podcast, re-signing officially with the Clippers. So, and obviously, Dennis Schroeder's news last week as well going to the Boston Celtics. There's still a few big shoes to drop. We don't know yet about Ben Simmons. We don't know yet about Damian Lillard. We don't know yet about Laurie Markkinen. So that things can still happen. There's still some interesting pieces out there, balls in the air, you know, to to borrow a little bit of a pun or phrase there, whatever, however you want to look at that. But to be fair, not a ton of news on either of those fronts. It's been pretty quiet on the Dame Lillard, Ben Simmons front for almost three weeks now, it feels like, at least two weeks. Not a ton of conversation around those two guys at the moment. Obviously, they could be traded for each other. Still very much a possibility. The Knicks reportedly, or at least according to Vegas, still in the mix, so we don't know. We really don't know what is going to happen there at the moment. Nothing could happen. I know a lot of NBA fans, especially neutrals, who are not fans of either of those teams, don't like to hear that. But it's very possible the farther this thing goes along, that Damian Lillard will stay with the Blazers and that Ben Simmons will stay as a Sixer. Um, It's one of those things that is not the worst-case scenario, I don't think, especially for a Philly team that should still be in and around the top of the Eastern Conference. Um, however, I don't think you can expect Ben Simmons to get leaps and bounds better in anything that he struggles with. So I think you're going to be dealing with a very similar Ben Simmons that you got in the playoffs last year that infuriated many Sixer fans and them going out to the Atlanta Hawks. So 
That's good news, right? For the rest of the East, everyone seems to be getting better. The Sixers kind of stay put, and the, and the champs kind of stay put in, in the Bucks. That gives opportunities for teams like the Hawks, teams like the Knicks, and, and teams like the Heat to potentially make some moves and make some noise. So it's good for us. It's good, <laughs> good if you're a Knicks fan that the teams at the top are staying stagnant. The Knicks have officially added Evan Fournier. They've officially added... New York native, Kemba Walker, which is great to see as well. And obviously, you know, just quickly, just a few Knicks headlines to kind of roll through here in this first segment. Um, We'll start, obviously, with the official re-signing of Derrick Rose, which, again, I think is a big move that's needed. I think Tom Thibodeau trusts him. They've been together everywhere, essentially, in the NBA. And I think that, you know, somebody wrote this week, a pretty telling um, line about Derrick Rose and Tom Thibodeau. Derrick Rose is really an extension of Tom Thibodeau on the court. And I know sometimes that gets, that phrase will get lost, right? When you kind of think, well, you know, you're just saying that because he doesn't do other things. Well, it's well documented that Derrick Rose has been able to revive his career again. In New York. And Tom Thibodeau has been a big reason why that's happened. But also, you got to give a lot of credit to Derrick Rose and the work that he continues to put in on and off the court or on or away from the Knicks. So it's impressive to see that. And the fact that you can still say that about Derrick Rose, that he's that important to a team, right? With all the injuries he's been through, with all the ups and downs that have been in his career. Again, he's still, he's only 32 years old by the way, Derrick Rose. But it's really the injuries that have really hindered his career. You know, Derrick Rose, you know, legitimately, legitimately could play three more good seasons with the Knicks. It is possible. There's a world where that happens. So the re-signing makes sense. It really does. And especially with Tom Thibodeau doing what he's doing with this team, it, it just makes too much sense. Now, reportedly, the Bulls were in for a potential move to get Derrick Rose to go back to Chicago. But the Knicks made it basically made Derrick Rose a deal he couldn't refuse to get him back. He's that important. He's that important. We saw it in the playoffs last year, how he was the Knicks' best player for pretty much the entire first-round series with Atlanta. And you add pieces around so he doesn't have to have that much pressure on him in an Evan Fournier who can really shoot it and can really score it. And a Kemba Walker who, yes, can be streaky, but is way better than what you had before in the likes of Alfred Payton and certainly Frank Nilakina. So it's a really big deal that the Knicks have been able to finalize these deals. And obviously, listen, it's great that Derrick Rose... Is back, but you also re-sign Taj Gibson as well, while also having already upgraded and bolstered that back line as well. You're going to get Mitchell Robinson back. You've already re-signed Nerlens Noel. And if you need, you've also drafted a Jericho Sims, who's looked pretty good in Summer League, although, again, it's Summer League, and he hasn't had too many... He's been put in very good positions, so we'll see what, what happens as it goes on, I can't, again, Summer League, and I'll get to Summer League a little bit more in a second, but take it with a grain of salt in Summer League. I was watching some Summer League out in Cali a little bit, getting a look at the Lakers and, and, the, and the Clippers and stuff like that. 
it's one of those things where it's it's nice for you know I'll say this it's nice for me as a college basketball fan to see where some of these guys have ended up that's for sure but I think it's also one of those things where you just kind of want to see who the contenders are for roster spots it, it is a little bit like the NFL preseason in that regard it is also nice just to see some good basketball you know these are these are you know still very Good, if not world-class athletes going at it. It was great seeing Cade Cunningham for a little bit in Summer League playing with Detroit. The Knicks played them. It's a good game. You know, we got to see some stuff from Obi Toppin, who we'll highlight more in a second. We got to see Rokas Jakobitis as well. Deuce, Miles McBride looked good, as he has throughout the entire Summer League campaign. And we got to see some good stuff from, I thought, Quentin Grimes as well. So and got to see Jericho Sims in some spurts. So again, especially if you're a diehard Knicks. Fan. By the way, they they showed Nick fans. I think it's been on social media as well. You know, going nuts over big plays in summer league. How can you not love that? How can you not love some of that? It's how can you not be excited? Shout out to those Knicks fans that were out there. Again, part of me I don't know who they are or anything like that, but that was awesome. I was I was loving every second. I had a big smile on my face watching those clips. It's just great. It's just a beautiful thing to watch the young guns go at it quickly again, you know, to finish out his time. Looked great in Summer League as well. So, but again, it's just, you know, when you add Taj Gibson back into the mix, it just helps with those younger guys. So the culture stays in place, the core stays in place, and the Knicks upgraded. The Knicks upgraded in the backcourt. And listen, it's, you know, best wishes to Reggie Bullock. I think Reggie Bullock was upgraded. I think Evan Fournier, you can argue, is it, is it is certainly an upgrade over Reggie Bullock. But Reggie Bullock was, you know, a key piece to this Knicks team that, you know, basically made us fall back in love with this Knicks team. So, you know, best wishes to him. He's going to go to another playoff contender in Dallas, but the Knicks upgraded it in both, really, backcourt positions, added depth through the draft in McBride, Grimes, and Jakobitis, potentially, and then got healthier and re- reassessed and rebolstered the front court as well. And obviously the biggest addition will be the return from injury of Mitchell Robinson, who you can see, if you've been seeing him on Twitter, he looks ready to go. He, lo- he looks ready to really get after it. Hopefully he can back those words up with deeds, but we'll see how that goes. It's going to be very interesting to see him and Nerlens Noel and, and potentially them together. I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, a couple of big fellas down low doing the, the job defensively for this Knicks team. So it's exciting. It's an exciting thing. I think summer league kind of just gets you excited if you got a good team, right? And if you got a bad team, possibly excited for the future of your team, Right, if you got some good young players that you've just drafted, for example, although to be fair, I don't know if they've played a lot, but if you're Orlando and you're watching Summer League, you're probably excited, right? You just had a good draft. You've added some pieces that could be big in the future. And to be fair, not all these top picks are going to play. That's a normal thing throughout the year in Summer League. But it's it's kind of the time where you got you get a little bit of hope, depending on what team you are. So. It's an interesting thing to kind of see how it goes, but I think the most important news of the week is the Knicks make these signings official, make the trade official. Uh, it, it's one of those things where you start to really see what this team looks like. You start to get the full look at the roster a little bit. And to be fair, the Knicks might not be done. 
Now, other teams might not be done as well, but for right now, I, I think, I honestly, I think you could go into the season with the team you've already got, with everybody healthy, and feel like the Knicks could be making some noise this season again, and potentially making some noise in the playoffs. So that that makes me excited already. We'll see if the Knicks have maybe a move or two up their sleeve. Maybe, maybe not. But I, I think you got to be excited regardless with what the Knicks have been able to put together during this offseason. And obviously those things are starting to come into peace. And I didn't even mention, obviously, the extension for Julius Randle as well. So the future looks good. The present looks pretty darn good as well. And we will see how it moves going forward. Adding Walker, adding Fournier, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I will I will mention this because a few of you reached out to me on Twitter. Uh, Evan Fournier was actually tweeting uh, earlier this week about possibly hopping on to different Knicks podcasts. A lot of you, uh, privately and publicly, threw this podcast out there as one that Evan Fournier should go on, first of all. That is much appreciated. Um, that made me smile when I saw that. That was a beautiful thing for you guys to to send my way. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to get him. Uh, that's all I can... We're going to try. Uh, I've reached out to him. Um, I have no idea if he's going to respond. Um, we'll see how that goes. That's all I've got for you on that. Uh, so I appreciate you guys sending me that tweet, sending my podcast his way. We'll see. We'd, we'd love nothing more than to have him on the podcast. Uh, I'd love to ask him about him, his career, and his life. We'll see how it goes. Um, again, I've reached out to him. I've reached out to Evan Fournier. He has not responded. He's a busy man. Uh, he's getting, getting acclimated in New York and obviously practicing for the upcoming season, getting in shape. So we'll see. If we get him, trust me, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't be able to contain myself if we're going to be able to get him. But if not, you know, obviously wish him all the best. And, and hopefully he uh, he has success with the Knicks this season and moving forward. So that's all I got. That's all I got for you on that. We've reached out to him. We'll see how that goes. And obviously, if we get a conversation with him, we will share that on the podcast. For, for the time being, we will wait and see what happens. Real quick, I just, I just kind of want to go back uh, briefly to Summer League as well, just because Obi Toppin um, got some recognition. He was named to the All-Summer League first team, averaging 21 points and 8.3 rebounds per game. Oh, and, and by the way, I should, I should not have left this man out. The Knicks also got you know the re-signing done of Alec Burks as well. Another big deal uh, with a team-friendly contract. So... You wrap that all up, right? And then you see what some of the youngsters, first-year and second-year guys are doing in Summer League. That's where the excitement is coming from. But Obi Toppin, you know, I, I think is really an X-factor on this team going into next season. It's going to be a big second year for him. Uh, it's a big second year for Emmanuel Quickly as well. And I think if those guys take a bit of a leap, this team becomes... Not just very good, potentially, like in the mix for big things late in the season, possibly late in the playoffs. So 
quickly, I think quickly, you know, you can feel more confident about him. Again, second season can be tough for guys. There's the sophomore slump theory that gets thrown around every year. We'll see. You know, hopefully quickly continues to have that confidence we saw in year one and continues to develop because he's the sky could be the limit for that kid. But I also think you look at OB Toppin and think he really kind of came on towards the end of the season. And we've seen in summer league, and you take it with a grain of salt, but we've seen that move another step forward. So you're looking at his upside for this upcoming season. That's where the X factor thing kind of comes in. If he can continue to make those outside shots, if he can continue to be dangerous in the pick and roll and get to the basket and continue to kind of add little things to his game, continue to improve specifically offensively, because he's, he's a pretty darn good defender. You know, Tom Thibodeau really has made him a very strong NBA defender after one season. I think he really grew into that as the year went on. Still room for improvement, no question about it. But a lot of positives there, and I think if that moves into a more productive year two, more playing time and more production overall, that's when the Knicks start to become very, very interesting. So we'll see. I I, I think I... I just get excited every time I break this down. And again, this is a slower week. We're kind of rehashing the headlines like we do, but there's not as much to talk about. But this stuff should still get you excited. I think this stuff should still be, you know, like I am right now. I'm forming a smile on my face just kind of thinking about how the roster is going to look and how Tom Thibodeau is going to put the pieces together. And it's it's not a a common thing that a Nick fan is smiling before the start of a season, especially the last 20 years, we should enjoy this time a little bit. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying, you know, go nuts and predict that everything's going to happen, but this is only year two under Tom Thibodeau, and he's taken the step forward that he needed to make this team better. And listen, second half, we'll talk about, you know, where teams are in the East, where teams are in the West, and kind of do a little bit of a status update around different teams in the league. And we do have one notable signing or or contract that happened over the last week. And we'll touch on that in the next segment. But when you start looking around the East, the Knicks have to be in this conversation of contenders. They have to be based on what they did last year and what they've done during the off season. And more specifically with, Free agency, some trades indirectly, but trades nonetheless, and the draft. So I I think you've got to be extremely excited with what's coming together. What I love about this team is the variety as far as youth, primed guys, and experience. I, I love that mix in this team. You've got the young group with quickly topping now Grimes, McBride, possibly, you know, a Jakobitis for the future as well. Then you've got the prime guys, guys like Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier. You know, and by and by the way, you know, he's been hurt, but Mitchell Robinson goes in that youngster group as well. And then that, you know, prime guys, you could even throw in a Nerlens Noel into that mix also. And then you've got the veterans like Derek Rose and even more specifically Taj Gibson as well. So it, it it's and Alec Burks is kind of the tweener in that conversation. So it's a really, really great group that Tom Thibodeau has put together. 
and you can't help but get thrilled and excited for what this team could do. I just, I honestly, like, I can't wait for the start of the season. It could not come sooner, and we'll see what the Knicks do the rest of the way this offseason, but you got to be thrilled. And you're starting to see it on the court with Summer League a little bit, and you're starting to see it off the court with with confirmation of signings and, and things of that nature as well. Okay, we're going to widen the scope after a quick break. Some news out of Charlotte, and we'll do a little status update on where teams stand around the East, and we'll, we'll look out West as well. All that more is coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Okay, let's get to the news first as we widen the scope here a little bit. I I will get a little bit into a couple of different teams and where they stand at the moment because it's interesting. I, I did this a little bit last week. And, you know, listen, some teams are settled, no question about that. But there's other teams that have, you know, made some moves here. And I, I'm, you know, kind of excited to see just as an NBA fan where some of these teams are going to end up. And obviously, you know, the East is getting tougher, no question about it. Um, obviously, the probably the biggest news, and this actually, uh, I think this happened earlier today, if not yesterday. Again, I'm all over, I'm a little all over the place. Looks like this happened earlier today because, again, I got back late, uh, really earlier today uh, from my trip. So, um, this is from Shams. Terry Rozier has agreed to a four-year, $97 million max contract extension with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, and it may, basically, the guaranteed deal makes uh, Rozier a Hornet through the 2025-2026 campaign. Terry Rozier, by the way, is only 27 years old. He was potentially part of the Knicks' plans at one point. As well, and obviously with Scary Terry with the Celtics for that brief period when he was part of that core group with Tatum, Brown, and Marcus Smart. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how this goes. But Charlotte are going to be in the mix. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people have have. I think there's Charlotte's going to be fun because, or Charlotte's going to be interesting. I guess it, it, you know, looking at it as a you know an Eastern Conference rival. I guess you could say fan here. They're going to be interesting because no one likes LeVar Ball. And I think to some, LaMelo reminds them of the dad more than maybe Alonzo or LiAngelo does. And I think that that's going to, like when the, when Charlotte gets good, because I think they will get good. LaMelo is too good, I think, to for them not to be a playoff team, either this this upcoming season or the season after that. I think that they're going to be there. I am like, I'm like looking forward to playoff games meaning something in Charlotte with that. Like, like Charlotte could be a hated team in the East if LaMelo Ball, like, continues on the trajectory he's on. Like, like people are starting already, like, not like Trey Young, not just because we, you know, the Knicks lost to him. I'm sure a lot of different fan bases now don't like Trey. He's, he's really turning into kind of a villain in the East, imagine that times five with LaMelo Ball, basically. 
because his dad is a part of this. Like, if they get to the playoffs and make noise and stuff like that, like, his dad's going to be at the games. You know, they're going to be going crazy. You're not going to like it, you know? And obviously, you love, you know, any team in the East would love nothing more than to knock them out, I'm sure, in the next year or two if they make the playoffs. But that's going to be like, that's like an underlying story. This is like a storyline for like a year or two down the road. That's going to make the East really interesting, I think. Because right now, there's like six good teams in the East, right? The defending champs, the Bucks, the the crazy super team in Brooklyn with Durant, Harden, and Kyrie. You've got the Sixers. Whether they make the Damian Lillard deal or not, they're going to be in the mix, no question. You look at what the Knicks have done during the offseason to get better off a team that made the playoffs and were a top four seed. The Hawks have kept everybody. They've extended their top guys. They're going to be in the mix, no question about that. And then you look at the Heat. The Heat have gotten better with Kyle Lowry, and they've extended their main guys to keep the core in South Beach. After that, there's a bit of a gap in the East, I would argue. And that's where a team potentially like the Hornets could be in the mix. You know, I think the Raptors are not going to look the same for quite some time. I think the Pacers are kind of on the fringe to not really being in the mix. Then, obviously, you look at what the Bulls have done this offseason. They will likely be that 7th or 8th team, and then maybe Charlotte or maybe this new-look Orlando team kind of make their way into the conversation. And then I think the only other team I'll, I'll give a little bit of a shout-out here is the, is the Wizards, but losing Westbrook it could make them better, potentially, but we'll, we'll see what happens with Bradley Beal moving forward as well. So really, there's like six and a half, because the Bulls are unproven, and we're not sure, you know, maybe 6.75, because we don't really know what the Hornets are going to look like next year. Can they continue to go on the trajectory that they're expected to go on as well? The East is going to get really fun, right? I think right off the bat, it's always better when the Knicks are good. I think that's number one. It's always it's always better in the NBA when the Knicks are making some noise. I think any NBA fan would tell you that. It's a better NBA when the Knicks are competitive or when the Knicks are playoff slash potentially in a couple years championship contenders. So that's number one, right off the bat. That immediately makes the East more interesting. Number two, there are now eight, you could argue, good teams. There's six great teams, potentially, eight good teams. I can't remember the last time you could legitimately say that in the Eastern Conference. Now, again, two of them potentially, and I'm throwing in the Bulls and the Hornets here, are unproven, right? And and hey, if you don't think it's them, feel free to debate me, but I don't think you can throw the Pacers in there right now, and I don't think you could throw the Wizards in there. And I really don't think there's anybody else in the East that makes sense in this conversation, with all due respect to Detroit, Cleveland, and I guess that's kind of, and Toronto. That, there's nobody else. There's nobody else really in this conversation. So the East now has a bit of a say here. You know, it's not just the West and then we'll see what happens in the East. It's the East is good. The East is good again. You know, I, the Hawks have definitely rebounded. The Knicks are good again. You know, you look at what the Brooklyn Nets have put together. They arguably could be the best team in the NBA, the Nets. 
So it, it's it's one of those things. And the champs are right now in the East with the Bucks. So th- this is going to be a very, very fun season when you look at it top to bottom in the Eastern Conference. It's a, it's a great thing for basketball that the East is now somewhat on par with the West. Who it seems every year have 8 to 10 really good teams. Or, or good to great teams. So, I, I, listen, I think really quick, because I do kind of want to... I, I want to break it down uh, a little bit more. And to be fair, we could do this next episode, depending on news and stuff like that as well. But I think when you also just look at the West, right? I, I think this is a year where the West is going to get healthier. You know, I think that, that is the first thing of note. The Golden State Warriors are going to be really good again. They're, they're going to be good again. You know, the Golden State Warriors will be as healthy as they've been in a while. They will make noise. They made noise when they were banged up last year. They are going to be back in the core of the mix here. They, they, they will. Golden State will be back. No question about that. Then you look at the top half. I, I think the Lakers will be the favorites, adding Russell Westbrook, although I still don't know how that's going to work. Good luck to LeBron and Russ and AD figuring that out. I'm sure they'll figure it out, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as everyone says that it is because there's a lot of stuff on the court that has to be worked out there. And Russell Westbrook off the ball is not as effective as Russell Westbrook on the ball. So we'll see how that works out. Number two, I think the Clippers have. I think the Clippers are going to have newfound confidence that you know even without Kawhi, they are a legitimate threat. They are a legitimate threat in the West, and I don't, really don't think there's a debate on that right now. So they will feel that they they can win the title, no question about it, and and as they should, as they should. I'm worried a little bit about Phoenix. I felt like last year was Phoenix's year. I really did. I really felt like if they were going to win it, it just felt like it was going to be last year. They took a 2-0 lead in the finals. It kind of felt like it was going to happen. And then fair play to the Bucks. They did not give up. They fought back again against a really tough team when they were down in the series, and they recovered it. Four straight wins, and the Larry O'Brien is currently in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So... It's one of those things where can they pick up the pieces and go forward again? You know, I, I think they can. I, I just don't know if they'll get to another NBA Finals. It's so deep. And to repeat as Western Conference champs with not really improving the roster, it's basically the same team, which is not a bad thing. But the Lakers have improved. The Clippers will feel like they're ready to go. You know, I, the De- the Denver Nuggets will be... At full strength, the Utah Jazz will feel that they are very much in the mix. Dallas got better during this offseason as well, and they've locked down Luka Doncic to a long-term deal. The Grizzlies are going to be better in this new, young, up-and-coming team with Brooks and Morant and company. They're going to be better again. And I think that the, the wild-card team in the West is probably the Pelicans. Are we finally going to see Zion break this, you know, this duct and get the Pelicans into the playoffs again? So uh, we'll see. 
we will see. They're kind of the they're kind of the sleeper right now as far as playoff teams in the West, but they just have not been able to figure it out, and they keep switching coaches. So I, I don't know if when they're going to feel satisfied enough to move in the right direction. But at some point, you got to figure it out because then Zion, when his contract is going to have the the right to go where he not maybe not, but you know he'll he might look elsewhere if given the chance. So they're kind of my sleeper team in the West right now. I think the Spurs could have a really bad season potentially. Uh, that team was essentially blown up, and they weren't even a playoff team when you know put together essentially. So I worry about Pop, even though he's got the gold medal around his neck now. I, I don't know how his team's going to look for this next season. I think they're going to be competitive. I just don't think they're going to be anywhere near the playoffs like they would be with some of these veteran guys. And then after, I mean, listen, the 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 Timberwolves, yikes, OKC. I mean, has the potential, but I, I don't. I think there could be more struggles there. And then and then the Rockets. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. They, they did all right in the draft. We'll see if, if any of that makes any difference. And I think I mentioned earlier the Kings. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, the Kings uh, are, you know, with, with, the, with the West this deep, it's tough to give a second thought to the Kings. It's tough. It's so tough. Golden State, L.A., Clipper and Lakerland looking good. Denver on the rise again. Dallas improved even better. Phoenix, you know, Utah, Memphis, possibly New Orleans. We'll see about Dame Lillard. I didn't even mention them. Dame Lillard and the Blazers. We'll see if they're still together. If they are, they will be in the mix. That's a lot of teams in the West before you get to the Kings, man. That's a lot of teams before you wonder, well, could the Kings sneak in? Could they? Yikes. I I don't know if they're even a top 10 team in the West. Let alone if they're going to sneak in. Yeah, I think the Kings the last couple years have been a tempting pick because there's talent on that roster. But I, I, I think it's really difficult to, to give them more than a thought as to where they're going to end up in this mix. I worry, man. I worry. I, in years past, I've kind of ripped the Kings and ripped the the Magic. You know, it's kind of, especially the Magic, is where careers kind of go to die a little bit. It kind of feels like that at times. Some, some really good players have gone to those teams, and it just hasn't worked out. You know, and, and you worry about what the organizations are putting together and, and things of that nature and how the culture is behind the scenes. But you never know. I'll, I'll say this. I have not felt as positively about Orlando as I felt right now in the last like five, ten years. I, like the last time the Magic were in this good of a spot, I feel like, and to be fair, you know, we have, we'll, we'll see, you know. But it's been a while since maybe like the very end of the Stan Van Gundy era in Orlando. Has it felt like this good? So we'll see. We'll see if that turns into wins on the court. That's all I can say. But for the Kings, it just feels like more stagnant lateral movement with not a lot to look forward to if you're a Kings fan. So we'll see. I, I, I I know I'm kind of rambling through all the teams here, but it's interesting. 
At least it is to me. Let me know what you guys think about what's going on in the East, what's happening out West in particular. I just, what's so tough about the West is that it's hard to bet against the Lakers right now. I, I think if I was a if I was a betting man, which I'm not, and I don't think you should be. That's my personal opinion because the NBA is so tough to predict um, when it comes to a season like what we're about to have, right? I think other years you think, oh, we know what's going to happen, basically. But this year's this year's so tough because the West is so deep again, but so is the East. The East is deep. It's a good conference again. So I, I, I really, I'm really curious to kind of see who you guys would kind of put in the t- like. I, I don't know if you guys have even a time to do this, but if you're in the comments or if you're at SJ7, my Twitter handle on social media, give me your top five in the East and your top five in the West. I'm like genuinely curious, like where you have the teams right now. Like I think in the East. I'd probably go Nets, Bucks, Sixers, Hawks, Knicks. And I think I'd put the Heat just below the Knicks at the moment. That would be my top five in the East at the moment. Because we have to wait and see if this Knicks team can get some revenge on the Hawks and, and put them, you know, on level footing again, kind of a thing. Get them back. So... But for right now, I think those are your five. And then you look at the Heat as that sixth team. I think in the in the West, it's a lot tougher because I'm tempted to put Golden State right in there. I really am. I think Lakers, Clippers, Suns, and then I'd be tempted to put Golden State right there at four. I would be. But I, I, I also got to think about Dallas. I got to think about Denver. I got to think about... Maybe even Utah, Memphis. I think I'd go Golden State at four, and I think I'd go Dallas at five. But then the Jazz, I'm leaving the Jazz out. I'm leaving Denver out. So it's really, like, honestly, like, I would, I might even rethink that. I might actually go Lakers, Clippers, Suns. Denver, Golden State. I think that's what I'd do. And I'd put Dallas like just on the outside. Only because, only because Dallas just hasn't figured it out in the playoffs. Now, to be fair, it's the West. It's hard to figure it out. But the the this Doncic era has still not yielded a playoff series win. So we we wait and see. We wait, we wait. And see in Dallas how that's going to move forward. But to be fair, Jamal Murray being back in the mix for Denver, that's a big deal. That's a big bleeping deal. They're as good as anybody in the West, healthy Denver. They really are. But whether or not they can keep it together, that's going to be the make or break thing with the Nuggets. Can they keep that roster together? If they can, the next five years of Denver basketball is going to be really fun to watch. Really difficult team to, to match up with. They've got the MVP, by the way. I think people are forgetting that already. Nikola Jokic is the MVP. Put some respect on his name. So, uh, yikes. It's so it's so interesting. It's so interesting. But I'm curious. I'm curious if you... You only get five. 
You only get a top five for the East, a top five for the West. What order are those teams going in? I'll give you my one more time. I've got Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly, Atlanta, New York in the East. And I'm going to go Lakers, Clippers. And then I'm going to go... I'm I'm almost like rethinking it again. Phoenix, Denver, Golden State. That's where I've got it. That's where I've got it right now. That's where I've got it. As we stand here on August 20th when you listen to this podcast. That's what I've got in the East and the West. And my honorable mentions in, in both conferences, I'll go Miami in the East, Dallas in the West. So we'll see. We will wait and see. I could talk about this for hours, you guys, but I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts in the comments below or on Twitter again at SJ7. You guys are always great reaching out with this kind of stuff. I'm out of time. I'm out of time this week on the show. You guys, thanks for bearing with me. Again, I'm, I've been jet lagged. I'm just kind of, you know, doing my thing here. I'm going to probably rest after this is done. Um, hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week and are staying safe out there. We're also having some fun during the summer months and we can't wait for the Knicks to be back and for the NBA to be back as well. We'll talk more storylines from around the league and involving the Knicks as well next week. And until then, have a great week and I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.